Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Welcome back, Tiger fans, to Rock M Nation's football podcast. I'm Nate Edwards. That's Brandon BK Kylie. This is Before the Box Score. Tennessee is who we thought they were. I don't know what else to say. Uh, Tennessee absolutely smoked Missouri. To the tune of 66 to 24, Missouri was in it for about 36 minutes, which is more than I would estimate going in. But Tennessee reminded us how good they are and pulled away in the later parts of the third and the fourth quarter. And so now Missouri sits at four and six, two and five in the SEC with two games remaining to get the bowl eligibility. BK, how are you doing? Doing all right. Uh, not the way that we wanted that to go. I know, Nate, like for for me, for a lot of Mizzou fans, a uh, few people surprised by your optimism going into yeah. this one. And unfortunately, yeah. uh, we know what happens when you're optimistic about Mizzou football. They kick you right in the groin and show you, hey, don't do that again in the future. And that's why we move forward. So uh, we learned, honestly, I, I know that people are probably upset about the game because of the margin. And you never want to lose 66 to 24 against anybody, regardless of how good that opponent is. But we learned very little, really, about Mizzou in that game. Tennessee, K-State, those are the two. I'll, I'll allow them to have those, but you want to eliminate those eventually from taking place. The fact that they kept it so close against Georgia, that that allowed them to have a mulligan in this one for me on the road at Tennessee, especially when Tennessee is that motivated to not only win, but to get the style points as well. So uh, all things considered, didn't learn a ton about Mizzou in that game, and you just hope they're able to finish strong now. Yeah, Missouri's played two or sorry, three top 15 teams. Two of them were on the road. One was again, was at home against Georgia. 
Guess what happened? Got blown out twice on the road and kept it close against Georgia. That's that's where we're at. Um, yeah, I just Tennessee's offense is so so much better than any other offense out there. I mean, Ohio State's close, but man, there's it's just there's not much you can do. And I was optimistic heading into this game because I had seen Blake Baker defensive plans before, and what he put out there on Saturday was not what the Tigers usually did. I've never seen them give cushions to receivers that large before. And Hendon Hooker was able to, A, either find the underneath stuff, or B, just start running. <laughs> and it worked. It was enough to, to throw them off, and it really kind of knocked Mizzou off their groove. We've talked about Havoc before, how important that is for Missouri to win. Uh, having a Havoc rate over 20%, 20% doesn't necessarily mean that Missouri will win, but if you don't have it over 20%, it is a guarantee that they will lose. BK, 17%. Missouri did not win. That is, And that's only with 53 tackles, which is probably one of the lower ends of the tackles on the year just because Tennessee was running all over the place. But you ended up with six tackles for loss, three passes defense, which, frankly, it's, it's more than I remembered from the game. But, you know, Missouri was not able to create consistent pressure when Tennessee ran the ball with uh, Jabari Small. It was awesome because Missouri bottled him up really well. It's when that Dylan Sampson kid came in and ran for like 98 yards on like freaking eight carries. And that was that was a doomsday. And uh, the passing game was clicking. And, yeah, no havoc, no win. And that's that's where we're at. Yeah, it, the defense, this was what I was worried about going in is you get into a situation where you're going up against a team that they win with explosives. And the one thing that you don't do all that well defensively is prevent explosives because you're kind of selling out to get all of the TFLs and the havoc rate and all of that. And Mizzou didn't get the havoc, and then they didn't also prevent any of the explosives. And your offense just isn't enough to keep up with Tennessee. You never want to see your defense play this poorly. And so if Mizzou fans are mad today because the defense just got absolutely destroyed. I, I guess I get it to a degree, but it doesn't take away from me of how good they have been on the entirety of the season. They had a bad mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that happens. The problem is when the defense has a bad day, you'd like your other units to be able to pick them up. And against Tennessee, they just didn't have that. They didn't have anything to make up for the fact that their defense was playing poorly. And it, if I have a complaint coming out of that game, I'm curious where you fall on this. We haven't talked about this yet, Nate. I don't think Drinkwitz coached that game like he was an underdog. I think Drinkwitz coached that game as if he was going up against Kentucky or South Carolina or Florida or Auburn, some of the like peer programs in the SEC right now. Why do where, you say that? Do what? Why do you say that? He was not aggressive at all on fourth down. Like I, I go back, especially early on in the game. So second quarter, 1240 to go down 14 to seven. You got a fourth and one at the Mizzou 34 delay of game penalty where they pretended as if they were going to go for it. They did the same stupid thing where they bring Tyler Macon into the game. Don't run a play. Try to draw them off sides. Guess what? Didn't work once again. We knew how that was going to go. And then on the next play, they go ahead and punt from their own 29. I would have gone for it there. Like, I know it's aggressive, but I would have gone for it because you know your defense is not getting stops in this game. There's not going to. You have to get extra possessions. You have to treat this as if we've got four downs to be able to get a first. Now, if it's fourth and three or longer, I get it. Don't go for it. But fourth and one, even in your own territory, I think that's a spot you got to go. Then, next possession, or two possessions later, after Mizzou had scored a touchdown, you're now down 28 to 14, about two and a half minutes left in the first half. 
Ball at the 41-yard line, fourth and one. They decide to punt. Now on the next possession, Tennessee ended up turning it over on downs. Mizzou gets the ball back. They kick a field goal to be able to go into the half down 28-17. So Mm -hmm. maybe by playing the results, you'd say, hey, good process. I disagree. I think it was a bad process that led to a good result. And even with that good result, it was a clunky end of half as well. If you remember, they had 20 seconds left in the half, called a timeout, still had uh, about 20 seconds to go there, got two plays off in the final 20 seconds of the half. That's just not, that's not acceptable, man. They ran off five seconds uh, to throw the ball in the dirt with that, um, that clocks clocking situation. I'm pretty sure if I'm not mistaken, took a timeout into the half, just, just really bad there. And then the same thing happened once again in the second half where you had situations where you could have gone for it on fourth down, you're down, 49-24, game's already out of hand most likely, but it's fourth and two, man. Just, mm-hmm. like, go for it. You, you, what's, what's the point of punting there? Um, it, it it was just weird. The way that they decided to coach in those situations, I feel like they played the game as if they thought it was going to be a close one where this is a field position battle, and it was never going to be a field position game. Not against that offense and not at Neyland when Tennessee had lost the week prior. Just wasn't going to happen. That's that's all he wants to play. He Eli Drinkwitz with this team does not want to be aggressive. Cannot be aggressive. I don't know what the answer is there, but no, he wants to turn every game into a rock fight field position game. And Tennessee, it doesn't matter how many yards they have to go, they're going to get it. So mm-hmm. I'm not totally sure either. And his man, his end of half, end of game scheme, I guess, whatever you want, opinions, I don't get him at all. I don't know how you go in and and just, you know, like you said, spike the ball. Spike the ball when you have a timeout sitting in your pocket. How do you do that? How do you run, you know, two plays in 20 seconds? It blows my mind. In college? No, you should be able to be do more than that. I it was so confusing. And like even the broadcast was like, what what's he doing? Yeah. <laughs> like when you have Rick Neuheisel, famed <laughs> idiot football coach, <laughs> questioning your tactics, you have messed up. You have messed up. I just, I, I don't understand. I don't understand what his thought process was. I don't know why you 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 call a run play. Okay, sure. You're assuming there's two passes in there. No, nope, no, nope, spike the ball uh, to set up for you know for for a field goal. So it it's just very confusing. I'm not sure if he's getting galaxy brain on us or thinking too hard on it. But man, his end of half end of game management is so questionable. And on top of just, you know, not going for it or doing the, I mean, we finally saw a play. We finally saw what the play was when Tyler Macon goes in there. Uh, it's the Tyler Macon fumble it backwards 11 yards, which is probably why he doesn't call it. I, I just, he spent all year setting it up and the pitch gets screwed up. They Elijah Young had it, but he just didn't have the ball to go with it. So, yeah, I don't know. Everything just kind of stunk, man. I, I was impressed with the offense's ability to move the ball. Tennessee's defense will give you things, and and Brady Cook was able to find them. I thought this was probably one of his better games on the year. Agreed. I'm, I'm not saying it was perfect. I'm saying I'm not saying there weren't any clunky decisions or dumb dumb throws. But man, he he was Missouri's leading rusher. He was he was finding his spots. He was he had some overthrows. He had some underthrows. He had some weird throws. But he was he was your best playmaker on offense and. I mean, you need more games like that, but man, it's just, there's just not, not much you can do when, when Tennessee's putting up 66 on you. 
and that's the thing is like that. That's why I kind of go to the coaching decisions is because Missouri was just they were outcoached and they didn't have enough talent to be able to compete against a team like Tennessee. And when you clearly have a an inferior team and you're going into their house and you're doing so when they are very motivated to get a win and a big win at that, that's why like you, you got to give yourself the best chance to win if you're the coach. Mm-hmm. And when he didn't, that that was really frustrating for me to watch just because that's philosophical differences. And like execution scheme, we we can get into that. And that's something that we can talk about in any game. But in this particular game, I, I didn't think he had the right game plan. I didn't think he went into it uh, with the right mindset on what it was going to take. Because every game's different, right? Nate, we talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. What do you need to win that day? Mm-hmm. That's something that Alabama, for example, has been really good at over the years. What do they need to do in order to win this specific game? How For them, it's about how much do we need to show? Because there's certain games where they can go in there with a vanilla offensive game plan and show as little as possible, and they just get out like basically running a 24 dive all day long. Mm-hmm. And they just there's no reason to show anything against a team like Abilene Christian, like Mizzou did earlier this year, right? Against a team like Georgia, it's a completely different situation. And Tennessee is even a very different proposition than Georgia is. And for this game, I I didn't think he had the right concept of what it was going to take to win. You weren't going to be able to win this one like 24-17. You were going to have to win this 42 to 40. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just it was this was a game that was always going to be played as a like you got to score on six or seven possessions minimum. And those have to be touchdowns more often than not. And Mizzou just didn't play it that way. So that that was why I was so frustrated, especially when you could see, I mean, Brady Cook wasn't perfect, but as you mentioned, I thought it was one of his best games. He definitely helped you out on the ground. He was a legitimate weapon with his legs. And you made a few plays through the air as well. So it wasn't great offensively by any stretch, but I thought it was a little better. And then you just kind of gave up on your offense when push came to shove. So that that's what was really frustrating. I also want to give credit. Luther Burden, nice touchdown on the day. Toski mm-hmm. Dove, unbelievable adjustment yeah. in the air on his touchdown as well. Yeah. He had a few guys that played a really good game, but, you know, just not enough to win. No. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Just some unbelievable stuff. I was was texting BK earlier this afternoon when I was crunching the numbers on the game. Uh, I'll, I'll share some of these with you. Obviously, these will be in, in beyond the box score. Uh, but uh, Tennessee had 14 possessions. They ran 75 plays, which is uh, the most plays Missouri's defense has gone up against this year. Uh, they managed 9.7 yards per play, almost average of first down per play, just throwing that out there. 
Uh, they created 12 scoring opportunities. Each time they had a scoring opportunity, they came away with five and a half points per opportunity. They had a, I had to change this. They had a 47.6% success rate through the year. They had a 60.6% success rate on the ground. If any of those stats are unbelievable on their own, and of course they're all coming in the same game. Also, this one absolutely blew me away. Tennessee ran 39 plays on first down. Those 39 plays gained 358 of their 727 yards. So, to put it another way, of all the yards that they ran this game, 49.2% came on first down. <laughs> Which explains why they went 4 for 11 on third with an average uh, average first down game of 9.2. Their average yards to go on third down was 8.5. If they got there, Missouri was able to move them off. It's just, you know, it just so happened. There's only 11 times that happened. And there's only seven times when they really stopped him. So, you know, it's just Tennessee's offense is is nuclear. And Missouri's defense did some, couldn't do all. And, yeah, Missouri's offense couldn't respond. So, like you said, what do you take away from this game? I said in the in the five takeaways, you know, yeah, Missouri's defense bad, but it doesn't really change my opinion of how they've been all year. Sure. I got some crap for that, but – what are you going to do? You just went up against the best offense by a mile in the country and you held them to 28 in the first half and they exploded uh, in garbage time when they were already up by 22 points in the fourth quarter when none of that crap mattered anyway. So I don't know. I, mean, I think this defense is still good. You just met the the one offense that could abuse you and also, oh, by the way, they're the best in the country. There's really not much you can do about that. Yeah, Missouri's defense is good. Their offense is great. That, that's really what it comes down to. And then like, I mean, look at where Missouri's defense like uh, officially kind of waved the white flag. Missouri in the second half, they come out, score a touchdown. Then two plays later, Tennessee scores a touchdown. Missouri punts about three minutes later. Tennessee goes on a quick three-play strike. And then Mizzou goes three and out. Touchdown for Tennessee. Three and out again for Mizzou. Mizzou's defense trying its best. <laughs> it's a three, three and out. And then Mizzou fumbles, and it's just from there, it's over. Four plays, field goal, two plays, 57 yards, five plays, 80 yards, touchdown. I mean, the, Missouri's offense was on the field for four, three, eight plays, three, three, six plays. That's their mm -hmm. second half drives. Mm -hmm. Their offense wasn't holding up their end of the bargain either. And eventually, especially when you're playing against that kind of a tempo, it's exhausting. It mm -hmm. is absolutely exhausting because you can't play with the numbers that you normally would. That's probably the biggest thing. And I think Rick Neuheisel mentioned this during the broadcast as well. It's just like when you're going up against their tempo offense, and we've seen this when Missouri used to run that as well, the opposing defense, especially a defense like Missouri that relies on numbers where they're subbing guys in and out on that front line throughout the entirety of the mm -hmm. game, you can't do that. And so that havoc rate that we always talk about, okay, part of it is because you have so many bodies to throw at the opposition. In this game, you can't do what she wants to do defensively. So instead of being able to rotate eight, nine, ten guys, now you've got like four or five guys that get in there on any given drive, and by the end of it, they're just fried yep. mentally, physically, emotionally, and there's just nothing you can do. You're running up and down the field, and you can't, you can't sub out. I put this on Twitter. Uh, against South Carolina, the Missouri defense was on the field for 53 plays, 5-3. Against Kentucky, the Missouri defense was on the field for 59 plays, 5-9. By the end of the first quarter against Tennessee, Missouri's defense had already been on the field for 20 
three plays. Mm. 23. Yep. This is all real simple stuff, guys. They went fast and they're better than you. By the way, that's what you should do if you're good. If you're really good, you should play the way that Tennessee yep. does. Why? Because it increases the number of plays that you have, which decreases the variance, which mm-hmm. helps you by the end of the game when you're playing, you know, that many possessions. Like, well, how many possessions ended up happening in this game? Uh, 14 for Tennessee, 15 if you count that last run that Missouri had. That's insane. Like, yep. a lot of games will have, like, 10, 8, depending on the 10 or the 11 is usually what Missouri's used to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they just they make it harder to be able to upset them because they give themselves the most opportunities possible to give their best asset, which is their offense, the most number or the highest quantity of drives possible to be able to score. So they just make it really, really hard on opposing teams. Josh Heupel's a really good coach. Tennessee is an outstanding team. And you asked to, to answer your question originally, what did we learn in this game? We learned that Tennessee's really good, but we knew that. Mm-hmm. We learned that Missouri is merely average. We knew that. So, honestly, not much. It was more co- yeah. confirming most of our priors than it was learning anything new about either of these teams individually. And what kind of stinks, Nate, is that we're not going to learn anything new next week. Hell either. no. No. You or know, nothing good. <laughs> You're not yeah. going to learn anything good for sure. Probably I mean, Missouri's, Missouri's defense is going to go. I, I'm not sure. I'd be curious if you could dive into the numbers on this. Have we ever seen a team go from facing the best offense in the country to facing one of, I think New Mexico State's like one of the five worst offenses in the country right now? Yes, they are, but I, I do not know how many times that's ever happened. Um, I mean, it's got to, it, it has to be rare, right? Mm-hmm. I, regardless of how many times it's happened, it's got to be rare. So Missouri's defense, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here. It's going to look good next week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They're going to rebound. So don't I worry mean, too much about it. New guys. Mexico State has played one, two power five teams. Yeah. Two power five teams. Lost at Minnesota 38 nothing. Lost at Wisconsin 66 to seven. Yeah, so they're they put, bad. They put one touchdown up against a power five team. And then really, they've only won a single game. That was against Hawaii. They won 45 26. Oh, well, what am I talking about? They, they're on a two-game winning streak. They beat New Mexico, their hated rival, 21-9. Uh, and they beat UMass, the, the worst team in the country, 23-13. So they're on a heater. But yeah, Missouri's going like to smoke them. It's gonna be They've crazy. been outscored by Power 5 teams 104-7. to Their offense is 129th in SP Plus out of 131 teams. I regret to inform you that Abilene Christian is a better team than New Mexico State. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Not by a lot, but they are technically better. Their defense is way better. Yeah. Moral of the story. Mizzou's going to get back on track next week, guys. And then it all comes down, as we've said, for basically since the Kentucky game ended. Uh, It comes down to what you're going to be able to do against Arkansas. All right. I'm going to ask you this question. We're going to get out of here. Let's do it. Arkansas game. Mm -hmm. Because that's the one that matters. I know you like entertainment above all else. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you like your team to win. I understand that. But you also like good quality games, good stories, matchups, that sort of thing. Would you prefer Arkansas coming into this game with their sixth win already in their belt? Or would you prefer the battle line rivalry presented to you by Shelter Insurance to be a battle of two five and six teams battling for bowl appearance? Which would you prefer? Mm, that's fun. Uh like that. I would rather, hmm, I would rather Mizzou 
end their opportunity at getting a bull. So I would rather them come in at five and six. Nice. Yeah. I think that's what I'd rather have. I think I'd like that too. It gives us something, right? It gives you something to be to enjoy, some extra, extra spice to throw in there. I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do. I I'm not even sure I know who they're playing, actually, now that I mention it. Uh, they just lost. Ole Miss. To LSU. They've got Ole Miss. I, I don't think they're gonna win that game, but <laughs> strangely, Ole Miss is only a three point favorite in it. I don't understand. But well, well, I don't know. I'm I am also curious. So Arkansas just lost to uh, LSU, and then they lost to Liberty the game before that. So I, I know and KJ Jefferson's injured. I, that's the thing. I I just don't know what KJ Jefferson's status mm-hmm. is. I I would imagine he'll play this weekend because there were like questions as to whether or not he would this weekend. Yeah. Uh, the the past game versus the Ole Miss game. I think he'll play, but I don't know. And then if they're not bull eligible, do they consider you think just saving him for bowl, the bowl eligible game? You know, I, that's I, I just don't know, man. I, I don't know what they're going to do. But the other thing that I wanted to bring up with you, Nate, because yes. we probably won't get into this later on in the week. Maybe we will. We can expand on it. But the thing that sucks the most about this season for Mizzou, for me, at least, I don't know about for Mizzou fans. The SEC East is not good. Like just legitimately not good outside of two teams georgia Mm -hmm. is awesome tennessee Mm -hmm. amazing Mm -hmm. kentucky florida south carolina vandy and missouri are all super average or below Mm -hmm. auburn not a good football team arkansas not a good football team for all of the talk about how difficult of a schedule this was for mizzou and listen k-state lived up to all the expectations they are Mm -hmm. exactly who we thought they were at the beginning of the season tennessee georgia really good the rest of this schedule was not good. It wasn't. And Missouri wasn't able to take advantage of it. And that that is maybe as frustrating as anything else mm-hmm. for Mizzou this year is that not only did they lose a bunch of one-score games, they lost one-score games to teams that I don't think are very good. Mm-hmm. That sucks. That does suck. I've seen a couple of people talking about how the this is the first year in like 20 years that the SEC East is better than the SEC West. Is that something you subscribe to? I mean, is it like I think I LSU, know. Alabama, and Ole Miss are are all really good. I think Mississippi, Mississippi State good. would be the third best team in the yeah. SEC East. I think like Arkansas is not good either, but I don't know. You could take them on any given day against Kentucky or any of those other teams, and it wouldn't surprise me if they would beat them. And that's like the fifth best team in the SEC West. Mm-hmm. So I I disagree. I I don't think that the SEC East is better than the SEC West. I, no. I don't I don't subscribe to that theory at all. I think the best teams in the East are better than the best teams in the West, but that's not what you're looking yeah. at. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean if you want to talk about like hey, who has the elite teams? Mm-hmm. I would take the top 2 teams over anybody in the West. Mm-hmm. But if we're talking about just which side is deeper cuz that's that's what the SEC has that's, been built yeah. upon. Yeah. If the SEC has been built upon, hey, our fifth or seventh best team is better than your third best team, right? Mm-hmm. And this year, I I don't know that that's true. No, it's not. That's not. Who's the fifth best team or sixth best team in the SEC? Because I think LSU, a- Alabama, Ole Miss, not in this order, but Georgia and Tennessee, those are the top five. Is six Mississippi, Mississippi State? State? That's what I would say, yeah. I mean, that's oh, weird. It's fine. <laughs> Is Vanderbilt better than Texas? I guess yeah. just well, I, I guess welcome to college football in 2022, yeah. though, because there's a lot of conferences that you could say that about. Vanderbilt's going to finish better than Texas A&M. 
Yeah, Vanderbilt, b- big week for the Commodores. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Good for them. I'm a sucker for a coach who uh, cries at a win, and Clark Lee was barely hanging on, and and kudos to him. Uh, that That is one of the tougher jobs. It's it's a good job because you get, you know, SEC money and live in Nashville, but whew, that is that's a tough one. So congrats to the Commodores. God, that Kentucky game, dude. Kentucky. Will Levis, first-round NFL quarterback. Uh, apparently susceptible to bad offensive lines, just like every other mortal quarterback out yeah. there. So I can't believe Mizzou lost that Kentucky game. I can't that, believe that's it. the one that hurts. I saw that's how it happened. <laughs> I know that's the one though. When you look back on yeah. the season more so than really that and Auburn, those are the two that are just yep. killers. And then Florida's right below that. Yeah. Cool. This is such a uplifting podcast that we like to bring to you guys about Missouri football. Uh, it's all building towards next year, though, right? Right, right. That's what we're going to keep telling ourselves. Um, yeah, I am done. I, I never want to think about this game again, except for the next two hours when I have to write Beyond the Box Hey, score. I tried to tell all of you guys, do something else with your Saturday. Yeah, I you tried, did, I tried to warn you. <laughs> I you said, did. hey, don't watch. You do not have to watch this. I have to. Nate has to. We're paid to watch it. You are not, and you could have done anything with your Saturday. Anything you want to do. But that's going to be the show for today. As always, we appreciate the downloads and the subscriptions. Leave a comment or rate us. We love all types of feedback from you all. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm Matt and H.E. Edwards. He's at BK Sports Talk. And, of course, you can follow the Rockham flagship at Rockham Nation. We appreciate you tuning in this time. We'll try to do better next time. And until then, M-I-Z. Z-O-U.